You're listening to the Taming Hindrances Podcast. Conversations about self-awareness and mental health, as well as a dive into this thing known as spirituality. We talk about everything and anything on the podcast, so come get triggered. Welcome to another episode of the Taming Hindrances Podcast. As always, my name's Phil, I'm the host and the creator of the podcast. And today's episode is entitled Hindrance, or Hindrances. Um, the namesake of the podcast, Taming Hindrances, and what that means. Um, so, you know, this podcast has been uh, up to date, 72 episodes, including this one, in which I've talked about many different things revolving around mental health, self-awareness, different ways of looking at things, different ideologies and expectations, and different things that affect us as these weird human creatures that walk around and do weird human stuff over the course of the podcast, which has extended about a year and a half in total. I've learned quite a bit about myself and I've learned quite a bit about other people and I've um, explained things as best as I could, but I never touched on what exactly a hindrance is. And so starting out as always with Miriam Webster's dictionary, we're going to talk about, the definition of a hindrance. A hindrance is the state of being interfered with, held back, or slowed down. The state of being hindered. A person or thing that interferes with or slows the progress of someone or something. Also known as an impediment. The act of interfering with or slowing the progress of someone or something. The action of hindering. So hindrances include those things that interfere with, hold back, or slow down the state of of us, the, the state of being yourself, to be self-aware. It is all the different little lessons you have to learn along the way to consider yourself in control of yourself or in control of the situation or just to be a little bit more secure in the idea of who you are, what you stand for, you know, what you believe in, how you want to act, how you bring in information to your mind and how you use it there. I've talked about the mind-body connection, the three health bodies. The self, the body, and the mind, the, the, the mental health body, the physical health body, and the spiritual health body. I've talked about the cycles of things, the idea of chaos, creation, order, and destruction, and how they cycle through each other, the primordials, if you will. I've talked about spiritual senses. I've talked about physical senses. I've talked about how emotions can shape our reality and how the language that surrounds us can shape the relationships and the relationships shape that emotional set and then from that emotional set we get that reality and from that reality we make choices and those choices beget the change that we see and from that change we can change our perspective or get a new perspective or increase the perspective how the mystery schools have evolved to hide some of this information but also how they are part of this information the systems that might hinder us the systems that might control us the truths that big around our identity, uh, how our education shapes our beliefs and how our beliefs can shape all of these things, how death affects us, how life is treated, uh, the fact that time is an ever-present force and how it goes throughout us and moves us and shakes us, uh, specifically sometimes to the core, and how that time brings about this process of thinking and thought and how thought is a, is a specific idea of humanity and the, the shared element of it, how humanity in and of itself shapes itself and acts upon itself and how all of these things come together to make up the ideas of voice and freedom, um, voice known as Vox, um, uh, 
how the actions we take have some sort of effect on the world around us and how the intention behind those actions can create different outcomes uh, or different understandings. How the different ways we use imagination and the real key to our process of understanding things comes from our imagination, how we intake information and we draw conclusions between all of these different health bodies, how it all comes together in this idea of imagination, how imagination is a huge part of our depression and how our depressions are uniquely who we are, how we see the world. And we should celebrate that. And we should celebrate how each of us can try to understand each other's depressions without actually being able to do so, how we can draw different lines together to create unique perspectives of similarity, how, you know, effort is an important function of our, our being to actually put effort into something and how love, faith, and purpose all kind of revolve around this understanding of that uniqueness of depression and how we can use it to define things and how blind seeking is not wrong, but blind following is. We talked about purpose on this podcast and how we can cultivate it, how we can use it. Um, I talked about reincarnation and, and how different understandings of the world, specifically religions, treat that idea and how it's important for us to really dive into what we truly believe in that realm so that we can have a better understanding and not be those blind followers, but instead blind seekers. How that might build some sort of understanding of tranquility and how tranquility is a calm state in which we must build for ourselves. Um, how listening is an important skill, a skill. It's a learned thing, uh, just like patience. They might be virtues, but first they are learned skills. How passion drives ego and ego is the I. It is us and we should not strive to eliminate it, but better understand it. What magic is and how it works. Uh, and then I, you know, talked quite a bit about why questions all the time and how why questions are spiritual questions. And instead of asking why, we should try to ask some other questions if it's not a spiritual topic and we get better understandings from that. How the essence of something is really one of the things we can dive the deepest into. It can be the darkest depths and yet the most enlightening. There's mastery and how the more we work towards something, the, least, uh, the less we understand it, but yet finally have an outcome of knowing. And from that mastery, we can look at things like the understandings of what the Tao might be or what energy is. Uh, we can use mastery to better fuel discourse um, and fight against fear. And how fear can control us very easily. It's, a, it's a, a state in which we are at war all the time. And how that's part of our history is how humanity is at war constantly. It is the history of humanity to be at war. It's something we've invented, something we're good at. And can, in some cases, be used correctly. But the correct use of it is to understand it 
is to understand that we're at this war and that the history that we are surrounded by might not be the full history that is correct or, or known in a correct manner that the, the winners write history and the losers hide it. And then I also, you know, went on to dive deeper into things like the void, this uh, understanding of what may occur when we're talking about spiritual senses and interesting individuals who practice quote unquote woo woo types of work. Um, even those individuals who have had spiritually enlightening experiences, how with all of these things, there is the possibility to be wrong and, and what wrong really stands for wrong action, wrong mind, wrong, the, the levels of all these things. And throughout all of these conversations, we've always talked about the macro and the micro and as, as above, so below. After mentioning war, you know, we talk about pain and we talk about discipline. We talk about how pain is a way for the body to talk to the mind and the mind to talk to the spirit and vice versa and how these different functions of pain tell us a lot if we want to listen to them. Again, macro, micro. The way discipline works when we apply it to something, how that affects all of the things previous, specifically that of mastery, how tribes have come about throughout human history and the tribes that we want to associate ourselves and the tribes that we segregate ourselves into and how tribes can be used to control us if we're not careful, but also can bolster our beliefs and our structures and our understanding of ourselves if we have people to share that with. How memory function works and how then once we understand that, we learn that everything is nonsense and sometimes we just need to relax because we're damaged. And when we're damaged, it's hard to undamage. And sometimes it's not about undamaging. It's about just understanding that there is damage and that it does not have to continue the cycle of just being in that damaged presence. We can try to be more Zen. We can try to have better understandings to not be so reactive to have things affect us less so that we can affect them better. And so here we are on episode 72 talking about hindrances, the state of being interfered with held back or slowed down state of being hindered. And this podcast is aimed to tame those things. And the best way you can tame them is to have self-awareness to understand how these things affect you, understand the conversations that are going on around you, the major issues in society, the minor issues in your life, what you had for breakfast, how that changes everything, and how in some small way it doesn't really matter. Because matter in and of itself is light. We are surrounded by a world of light, hard light, soft light. Everybody loves a good pillow. That's just soft light. Just light that's got some space to move, to squish. And how one of the biggest hindrances I can name in modern society is that we don't have a good understanding of the world in which we live in. We, we have a poor representation of what we are told to believe. 
and I'm not trying to tout some crazy conspiracy theory here and there and blah, 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 and this person and that affiliation and this three-lettered organization and all of that. No, what I'm really speaking about is the hindrance that is the state of being interfered with. We are being interfered on every day of our lives with media and social media and even just people's opinions, uh, the hormonal changes in the human system that we don't know about because we're never really taught about it. That makes us held back. A lot of people are held back by the way their bodies work because they're unhealthy in some manner or some way. And a lot of times if you don't take control of your health, you will spend most of your time focused on your illness. That's how illnesses work. And that's how the system is designed. It's to make you focus on that. That's not a conspiracy. I think a lot of people have woken up to the idea that the Western medical system is only good at certain things. And those certain things are amazing. They save lives every day. Heart attacks, lacerations, gunshot wounds, tragic car accidents, amputations, uncontrollable bleeding, asphyxiation. They save lives. They are amazing at that. They do not prevent illness though, and they do not treat illness either. They are not trained to do so. And so it's not their fault. And I don't fault them for it. That means that there's this whole other world that's not being done. It's not being practiced. And if something's not being practiced, then that too itself can be a hindrance. Uh, it's, it's something that's holding us totally back uh, the macro micro, right? So a hindrance can be microcosmic. It can be an individual, uh, a hindrance can be a macrocosm. It can be everyone who can be holding all of society back, right? If there is technology out there that can produce energy with little effort, you know, maybe no use of fossil fuels or some sort of thing like that then not allowing the public to have access to that is a hindrance to society, right? Large NGO organizations, non-governmental organizations, large NGOs can be hindrances to society. There's these, you know, think tank groups that just suck up resources and, and people of intelligence and just don't share their research or their findings. Instead, they monetize it and they control it. The whole pharmaceutical company is based on hindrances. The whole pharmaceutical company, again, can save lives. I'm not against the Western medicine system. I'm against the way they practice. I'm not against Western politics. I'm against the way they use them. We don't need a two-party system. A two-party system always fails. That is the idea. We knew this all the way back when we talk about yin-yang. You can never have two things. There is no such thing as duality. There must always be trinity. Duality is just two sides of the one coin, which means it is three things. We don't have that here. In fact, most people don't even understand that we live in a republic. It's a democratic republic, but it's a republic. The rights of the people come first, not the other way around. They don't understand that the banking system is a hindrance to them. That is designed to keep them in some world in which they have no control over the finances of the system. They only have what they are told they have. Your life savings can disappear overnight. We've seen this multiple times in American history. The Great Depression, the dot-com boom, the 2008 housing collapse. A hindrance is non-decentralization. A hindrance 
typically comes from the idea of centralization, a state of being interfered with. When we centralize government, when we centralize decision, when we centralize resources, we take the decision away from the individuals and thus they just have to follow along. They have to go with whatever little scrap they can get. So they're held back. They are being interfered with. At the same time, we have conversations about critical race theory and we have conversations about wokeism and transgender and all of these different conversations that are focused on one thing, hindering you, stopping you from connecting with the fellow person next to you and making you separate to them in some fashion. It is impossible not to be racist in today's society because we are taught that everyone is racist. And so if you are born and wake up in a world in which you know everyone to be racist, you too yourself are going to be racist. That's not how you get rid of these things. That's how you propagate these things. If you believe in a world in which wokeism is the supreme be and end all, you will believe everything you are told that is woke, even if it's not actually true. That's no different than being in a cult. They're the same thing. It's a hindrance to the way you think. It's a hindrance to the way you interject with society. It's the, a hindrance to who you are as a person, of being your own self, to be self-aware. Government in and of itself can be a hindrance to the people. That's why it's designed in our constitution that we have control of it. It does not have control over us. That's why we have a bill of rights. There's a lot of countries out there that don't have those. And yeah, I'm speaking directly about the USA pop right now, but that's part of the process. USA was not supposed to be a hindrance. USA was supposed to be an outlet. And it's not anymore. It's been a hindrance for quite a long time. You know, we've gotten ourselves into war. War in and of itself is a hindrance. State of being hindered. That's what war defines. Being interfered with, being held back or slowed down. The progress of humanity would have been much greater had certain things not slowed us down. If we didn't have to spend so much money on military advancements, imagine the amazing things that we could have done. If we didn't have to spend so much money on insurance and the whole system there, imagine what actual medical advancements we could have made. The education and training we could have given to doctors that they could actually practice without the fear of being sued or being able to pay their ridiculous education bills to help people. Imagine if the Federal Reserve, which is not a part of the federal government, nor is it a reserve, didn't control the centralized banking system. Imagine if you and all of your friends could barter and exchange and your family and your loved ones could go and get the money or resources necessary to start your own businesses, to help provide care for you're the community to build communities in and of themselves without having some degrading system of the poor middle class and wealthy. Not to say that there shouldn't be these things, but it is a hindrance to the individual and the community. If there is constant segregation between either wealth, race, creed, belief, education, all of these different things. When we talk about people waking up, when we talk about people becoming aware the first thing you need to become aware of is how hard the individuals on the other side of humanity, on the side that believes you are a piece of shit and you should serve them, want to segregate you into different little boxes, into different little niche groups. It is the idea of statistics. Not the statisticians are bad people, 
when you put people on labeled on a piece of paper and you give them percentages and numbers and you give them values, you're going to give them ways to draw lines between each other. And that in and of itself is a hindrance. These lines that we draw constantly throughout society, every day of our lives are hindrances. They stop us from having even the slightest interaction of, well, maybe I'll just smile at that girl because she's pretty, or maybe I'll smile at that guy because he's cute. Or maybe just because you want to be friendly. But you see, even right there, oh, but, you know, they're taught that if I smile at them, I'm just objectifying them. And, you know, if, if I smile back, I'm a slut or I'm a whore. I'm a, uh, we just make all of these finite ideas so that you won't do those things. You won't smile. You won't say hi. You won't hold a door. You won't be polite. Instead, you'll be like me. You'll be very introverted and you'll try not to do any of those things because you don't want to be seen the wrong way. I, too, do these things. I am not outside the realm of being affected by this. I just generally find myself catching myself more often than not now. Interesting factor about how societies work is that once you get to a percentage of about 13 to 14 to 17%, somewhere in that window, you get a critical mass of a force that's able to change society as a whole. It might take a really long time. Once you hit that critical mass, it's called the cresting wave. That wave can then actually have an effect on society. The individuals that use that to their benefit know the power behind it, and they don't teach us. This is what I talked about when I talked about the mystery schools. There are a whole school of systems that were designed not to be taught to the people around you, not to be taught to you specifically. I do not believe the history that we're sold. I don't believe it's true. I don't believe even the modern history of the things happening every day in our lives are true. It's all propaganda. Because it must be propaganda. The systems would not continue to exist. And if the systems did fail, it would be chaotic and it would be crazy. And not the chaos that I'm talking about where most people say, you know, oh, chaos is pandemonium and craziness and blah, blah, blah. No, chaos is the point at which chance is supreme. And it can be beautiful and it can be horrific. We have to decide how that happens. And so if the systems did fail, yeah, it would be pretty bad right now. Because no one really understands that if the systems did fail, they could build new systems. And they are very capable of doing that. One of the biggest hindrances I find in most people's mentalities is that they don't understand what they're actually capable of. I see this in the fitness communities constantly. It is amazing what the human body can achieve. And not just in the fitness community, in the, you know, just the healing of the body work and my practice there. The human body can overcome quite a bit. But you need the education on how that can happen. You need to understand that there are these things like body work. There are these things like supplementation, orthomolecular medicine, fitness in general. There's been a war on fitness. How, did, how do we even get to that point where it's just oh, it's not, not good to be fit? Are you kidding me? It's okay to be, quote unquote, obese, morbidly obese. And even I have to be careful about saying, saying that, which is weird because I'm 260 pounds on average throughout my year. I average somewhere around 260 pounds. Most people would consider me obese, but I lift heavy weights. I work out and I'm healthy. But yet that's not okay. That's toxic masculinity, Phil. You're lifting weights and really? Because I'm lifting weights in the back of the gym by myself. And if anybody comes around, I usually run away. 
And so do most of the big lifters. A lot of the girls come in and they got giant hoodies on and, you know, trying to cover up their butts and all this stuff because they're also just trying not to be bothered. Most people in the gym have body dysmorphia. They have some sort of mental illness. Most people who believe in woke have some sort of mental illness. Most people who believe in most of these things have mental illness. Most people in the world have a mental illness. We don't talk about them, though. We don't even try to figure out how to fix them. There's advocacy groups everywhere, and we have mental health you know, research and all this other stuff. But what good has it gotten us? We just keep propagating new ones and creating new ones. There are mental illnesses in this world this very day, this very second, that were engineered. You think if we're willing, if you think we're not willing to engineer a mental illness, if we're willing to engineer physical illnesses, biolabs and all of these touchy subjects we don't want to talk about, they actually do exist. Gain of function research does exist. I don't care to get in the conversation about the COVID-19 and blah, 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 blah. Just the fact that gain-of-function research exists, they had to ban it at one point, it's existed so much, and biolabs exist all throughout the world in which they're doing studies that no one has any idea about. The public aren't told about them. That should scare you because that is a hindrance. A person or thing that interferes with or slows the progress of someone or something. That's all major organizations. And I'm not saying they need to go away. I'm saying they need to change. Government should work for the people, not the people for it. Large corporations should provide goods and services that the people want and need at reasonable profit levels. It's not hard to do. Everybody could still be happy and get their vacation. I don't quite think we'll get there in my lifetime, but it's possible. I say all of this and I really don't believe in humanity. I think we're a lost cause. I think we're a bad experiment. I don't think we can have redemption. I don't think that was designed into us to do that. I think we were designed to have a certain span of time in which we were able to exist in some manner and then eventually we would implode upon ourselves, a critical mass in and of itself. Who knows? I'm just some crazy guy with a beard on the internet. I don't know. In fact, it could come out tomorrow that aliens exist and we were genetically engineered and this is blah, 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 blah. That all is possible. The infinite amount of possibilities is what chaos represents and it is an unfathomable amount of possibilities. In that world, there's going to be unknown, mystery, all sorts of different things. But you still exist. You still have your mentality. You still have your self-awareness. You still have your way of seeing things. You still have your understanding for how the world works around you. And that's important. And you should protect it. Because if you don't protect it, it will be taken away from you. It is a commodity. It is a resource. The energy output of a human being is a resource, is a commodity. 
if you start to understand that, you can understand where hindrances would come from. That one major power would want to slow down another major power's progress. In fact, that's why wars get fought. The USA goes to war all the time. So does China and Russia, other countries, individual tribes, individual corporations. We war very regularly. And a lot of warfare is designed to interfere, to slow progress. And sometimes it's someone, something, or a group, or a country. And just like Western medicine, we never look at root causes. We don't try to do preventative care because preventative care doesn't pay. If it did pay, illness would be very readily eradicated. If preventative care existed, you would find a lot more people wouldn't have cancers, wouldn't have autoimmune diseases, wouldn't have to spend their entire time focused on their illness and could actually focus on doing other things, being more productive. We could build more of a unity set where we'd want to build humanity as a whole, build the human race, maybe create a universal language, not losing the other languages. English is amazing. All the different dialects of Chinese, amazing. Japanese, amazing. Sanskrit, older languages, amazing. Even just, you know, the different nuances between American English and European English. The wonderful language of French. Deutsch. All of these amazing languages. We don't have to lose them. But we could create a universal language that everyone could learn. And so that a basic conversation could be had at any point in time between any two individuals. Wouldn't that be amazing? Wouldn't that stop some hindrances, the, like the language barrier? Wow, that would be crazy. What if there was a type of currency that was universally traded, decentralized even? What if that existed? Well, wouldn't that be amazing? Well, it does. It's just it's being fought against because it goes, it gets away from centralization. It gets away from power structures. Those who hold power are typically the people who have the least amount of self-awareness because they're the most scared. It's one of the most interesting things I've ever come across in my life. It's the whole idea of the bully syndrome where the bully is really the person who's most insecure. And so they use these control structures to make themselves feel secure. But really, you could easily break down their walls and they would just collapse. That's how most governments are run. Most organizations they're based on individuals who are very, very scared of everyone around them and very, very insecure. Unfortunately, we don't have an answer for that because a lot of times the answer is always the teeter-totter effect. Fight one thing with a completely opposite thing. That doesn't work that way. You just create an imbalance and then eventually the balance will be found. So the more extreme on one side you create, you create just the equal extreme on the other side. That's the 
theory behind yin yang that is the duality system that's just a measurement of a coin and so if you keep creating an extreme side of a coin the coin's just going to get bigger you can't fight hate with hate you can't fight racism with racism you can't fight segregation with more segregation you can't fight division with more division it doesn't work that way the extremes don't counterbalance each other it's one of the oddest things you'll learn is how the universe works is the extremes don't balance each other. They're not meant to do that. It's called pressure motivation. Two opposites become a unity. High pressure system and a low pressure system go together so that the high pressure system can dissipate itself into the low pressure system. Animals work that way when you try to corral them. Give them the safe space to go to. They will go to it. If you cut off their chance to get to the safe space, they will fight you. I suppose humans work similarly. But top to bottom, all these things are hindrances. The state of being interfered with, held back, or slowed down. A person or thing that interferes with or slows the progress of someone or something. The act of interfering with or slowing the progress of someone or something. To be hindered, to be impeded upon, or to do the hindering yourself. So maybe you might take some time to ask how you hinder yourself. What are you hindering in your own life? What are you holding your back with? What are you using to hold yourself back or slow yourself down? And a hindrance isn't always a negative. Remember, I've said that before on depression. Take the connotation out of these things. Sometimes it's good to slow down. Sometimes it's good to interfere with your situation. If you have a massive addiction, you want to interfere with that. Find a way to interfere with that. Find a way to slow that down. Find a way to impede that. If you have plans for the future that you're trying to achieve, but there's just these constant barriers, look into those. This is what divination was created to do, the action of the oracle, to look at the, you know, mancies, be it to a crystal ball or tarot or, you know, mediums, you know, that's what they were, that's what they provided to the public way back in the day. And they still do to this day, but maybe it is becoming more regularly known. Humanity oddly finds a way to fight against these things. We just don't ever really give it the time of day. We don't give it effort. We don't build upon it. Usually pops up, then it gets crushed. Then it pops up, then it gets crushed. Then it pops up, then it gets crushed. At some point in time, there will come a distinct mass ejection, just like a volcano or any other type of force in the universe, solar flares, these things. These are called mass ejections, and they are when the pressure builds up so much that nothing can stop the force that comes after it. It just has to occur. Because if it doesn't occur, there will be such an imbalance that it would collapse upon itself and we'd have some other sort of mass ejection. It, it doesn't matter. It's going to happen in some form or fashion. It's going to happen. And I think we've hit that now as we pass through the age of Aquarius into the age of Pisces, we hit that, that level of, well, here it is. Humanity's not happy. There's mass, mass, mass mental health issues all throughout the world 
disparity. Just all sorts of terrible things. Unwanted death, ruin, massive drug use, rampant throughout all societies. Huge amounts of corruption everywhere. And it becomes daunting to think about these things. It becomes a hindrance in and of itself to even spend time going over these things and thinking about them in your own mind. It becomes its own hindrance. Well, how do we tame it? Because I can sit here and I can focus on it over and over and again. I can give you example after example. Government, big pharma, all of these things, all of these control structures, all of these coerced options, the education system, the representation of the wealthy to the middle class to the poor, country to country. We can focus on all of that or we could figure out how to tame it. And I've tried to give some tools throughout this podcast to be able to do that. So I would encourage you to go back and, you know, pick a, pick a topic, pick an episode and just listen through it see if it helps you in any way. Take some time for yourself to try to figure it out. Take a break. Take a breath. In order to tame an a hindrance, we must first understand that a hindrance occurs. That is the number one step. First things first, second things second. First thing is to understand that there is a hindrance. You are being impeded upon, that there is something holding or slowing something. There's something there. Then we have to understand if it's a, a, a good thing or a bad thing. Who knows? You know? Once we can get a handle on that there is a hindrance and if we need it, if it's a necessity or not, if it's a good hindrance or a bad hindrance, then we can act with it or upon it. You can remove a barrier. You can bolster it if necessary. A lot of people struggle with addiction in one way or another. And so it's an easy topic to talk about when it comes to that. Could be food, could be sex, could be drugs, could be alcohol. Could be fitness. You can be addicted to fitness. And it couldn't really hurt you if you go too hard and too much. That all comes down to awareness. And so the way we tame hindrances is we could become more self-aware. We're aware of ourselves, our actions, the way we think about things, how we surround ourselves with things, how things affect us. There are all sorts of ways to gain self-awareness. But the key to self-awareness is to start, is to, is to actually start to become aware, to represent a hindrance, to understand, oh, I am being inferior to uh, interfered with. I am being held back. I am being slowed down. A person or a thing is interfering with me or slowing my progress. I'm being impeded upon. Maybe I'm slowing or impeding upon or interfering with someone else. Maybe I'm hindering something or someone else. Mm. One of the reasons I named this podcast Taming Hindrances is because that's the first step. Now that comes from the Buddhist understanding of the hindrances, which I've never really gotten into. And it's not really something I teach or go about. If you want to look them up, they're fine. There's five hindrances. Sloth and Turper and essentially gluttony. There's these five hindrances and you can combat them through that system. 
But what I learned from that system was the principal idea. And this is the principal idea I've created on my own. And it took me a year and a half to get here. And so I want to share it with you here. That one of the key principles of self-awareness is the understanding that hindrances exist and we must tame them in one way or another. Now, you can tame something with a firm hand or a gentle one. That's up to you. But a principal idea of self-awareness is the understanding of hindrances. That there are states or beings or things or people or entities, ideas, philosophies, religions, organizations, governments, systems that interfere or hold back or slow down the state of being, the actual person themselves, you and what you're going to do and what society will do at the macro, at the micro, apply the principle of as above, so below from alchemy to this. These hindrances exist. And once you become aware of them, you can then gain self-awareness. You can slowly trudge upon the path, which is totally worth it. It really is. So I challenge you to look at your hindrances. Look at what might be doing these things to you. What may be hindering you. What may be impeding you. What you might be hindering. What type of hindrances are out there? Are they good hindrances, bad hindrances? Should I bolster them or knock them down? And once you do that, you'll become more aware. And you'll be able to go back even and look at any one of the episodes I've published and find new meaning in it. You might even find new meaning in just your favorite movie, your favorite um, piece of music, or just general, uh, find a new meaning in the meal that you just had, or an understanding that, well, that's really not healthy for me. I should try something else. That in and of itself is the essence of, oh, canola oil, seed oils, these are a hindrance to my health. I should stop eating them. can be as simple as that. could be as grand as the Federal Reserve. Oh, I have to educate myself on how money distribution happens at a banking system level. Uh-oh. Oh, how the education systems are controlled by large NGOs and think tank groups and wealthy advisors who get to say who learns what and for how much. Or how all governments pass laws to take power away from the people and give more power to themselves as well as finances and other things. So start small or start big. You still have to learn hindrances exist and you can fight against them. You can tame them. So that being said, please go out and try to tame your hindrances to create more self-awareness. And uh, if you have time, head over to the archive at taminghindrances.com to check out a bunch of resources there. Uh, Alan Watts gives some great talks about these topics. Um, Dr. Chris Martinson is another one in the modern day. He talks about all these things. Um, Cliff High, he gets into a little bit more of the woo-woo side, but you know, there's a lot to be gained there when we start to think more openly and understand some of the bigger topics. Um, Russell Brand, uh, you know, he's doing a great job talking about these things. Dr. Rhonda Patrick, she talks about things on the health sides of things. Joe Rogan's podcast is always one that's worth mentioning. Individuals that show up on that podcast. Uh, Dr. Andrew Huberman, Dr. Andy Gelpin, as far as the fitness side of things go. Um, 
yeah, there's a lot of resources out there. Uh, I'd be remiss to not mention uh, Dr. Rimka and her work on how to, you know, get a healthier life by solving things in the mind first. That's an amazing idea there. Head over to purebulk.com and use t- uh, coupon code Taming Hindrances to get yourself some supplements, which can help tame some of your issues with your metabolic cycles and health and, you know, just all sorts of things if your immune system's not working well. Um, you can tame your lack of fun clothing if you head over to norsepanda.com and get yourself some uh, some fun gym wear or other things that are on there. Uh, soon to have some um, some merch for the for the podcast on there. There'll be some taming hindrances merch uh, provided by Norse Panda at some point. But yeah, head over to the archive, check out some resources, tame your tame your hindrances, and gain some self awareness. It is absolutely worth it. Just like taking control of your fitness, taking control of your health by, you know, just moving, move more, eat well, supplement well. And yeah, it it can do a lot. So good luck with that. I'll catch you on the next one.